0: was rising. The number of occupied housing units grew the number of owner-occupied units fell from a year ago, however. No wonder both rents and occupancies continue to soar. We are still in a generational low interest rate environment, so why the continued drop? This is a direct result of the low wage inflation, high student debt rates, and foreclosure crash of 07 and 08. The good news is that the seven-year window from foreclosure to mortgage eligibility is starting to open again by many. This could play a key role in the housing demand going forward in the future. This is Jason Roberts of the Wealth Investors Minute. This is Jim Cornette, the manager of the legendary Midnight Express, and now the face of TNA Management, and you're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar on JiggyJaguar.com. Oh, it's fast, it's furious, it is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn. iTunes, radio loyalty, and uh, lots of other things going on. I just... I, I just sit back here and just not sometimes know what the hell is going on here. But we will get to our guest Steve Mariotti here in just a few moments. The fantastic Steve Mariotti. We have been trying to book Steve Mariotti on this broadcast for two weeks. (laughs) And we will make it happen coming up here in a few moments. We are going to call him on the old Skype audio and uh, get him in here. And uh, then we have another guest and then we have Dr. Jack Caravelli. So it is going to be fast, furious, and crazy. Ben Diesel not involved in this program today. Why would he? I make the Fast and Furious reference. That's what I do. And I think... Is that Steve Mariotti calling us back? That's Morristown, Tennessee calling us. So, uh. James, accept, press one. Okay. I well, sent the caller. I don't know what is going on here. Let's try this. Uh, we're gonna try Steve Mariotti again. He's a six oh nine number. This is Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you? It's James Lowe with KJ Radio calling you for your radio interview. How are you?
1: my heavens. I'm ready. I'm really good. <laughs>
0: well, good. We we, we we have been ready uh, for you for a while. And uh, first of all, give, give us a little bit of introduction on yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Steve.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I'm um, 63 years old, very proud of it. And I've spent uh, close to 37 years um, building an organization called uh, NIFTY, or the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. And our mission is to teach uh, low-income children how to start small businesses. And we've replicated all over the world. It's one of the great success stories in um, uh, nonprofit charitable work. We have 700,000 graduates, each of whom has created a business plan, business cards, opened a bank account, did their first sale, and um, I've semi-retired, and I've been working on, um, writing non-children books. Uh, I wrote 38 books for kids on how to start small businesses since 1981, 17 million are in, um, circulation. But my latest book is, um, the Entrepreneur's Manifesto that I wrote for, um, uh, the next generation. Um, and it's a, argument to keep entrepreneurship alive, to deregulate the economy, move to a flat tax system, and have entrepreneurial education in every school in the world so that every young person learns to start a business before they turn 18.
0: Fantastic. Now, uh, why did you decide to uh, pursue something like this?
1: Well, I was in 1981, I was um, a young MBA and started a business in New York City. I'm from Flint, Michigan, so I relocated uh, to um, uh, Manhattan, and I had a great little business, uh, manufacturing rep- representative business of manufacturers in the third world that nobody else paid attention to, and I did it for three years. I met people all over the world. You know, I, they didn't speak English, but they all... Had a product and a vision and a dream, and I just loved it. And uh, 1981, I got mugged in broad daylight, and um, became a big issue in my life. Um, I got uh, professional help. Thank heavens, from a psychologist, Albert Ellis, and he said, "Go become a teacher of kids that were living in poverty, uh, similar to the kids that have mugged you." And do it for a month, and your post-traumatic stress disorder will disappear or get better. And sure enough, March 6, 1982, I became a special ed um, teacher in uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant. And then I went to Rikers Island, which is the largest jail in the the world, actually, right by LaGuardia Airport, for those of you who know New York City. And I ended up doing it for... 37 years spent in my field working with low-income children who really were born into poverty through no fault of their own and had very difficult lives. And I truly believe that those who have street smarts can turn them into business smarts. And that was my whole premise, and I believe it more today than I did when I started in, in 82. And, um, you know, we spread around the world the idea that low-income people can fit into markets that everybody has a career, everybody has a business, and um, it's just a question of keeping tax rates simple and low, regulations simple and minimal, and then teaching people in school how to start small businesses. So if ever they're unemployed or they got a boss who doesn't like them or whatever, they they can opt to... Start to find a market and satisfy other people's needs, which is what the entrepreneur does.
0: Steve Mariotti with us today, author of An Entrepreneur's Manifesto. He joins us today here on Skype Audio to discuss this incredible, incredible book. Steve left a successful business career in 1982 to become a public high school teacher in New York City's roughest neighborhoods. Mariotti discovered he could reach even the most troubled students by teaching them to run small business. Um, why, why is that you were, why, why were you able to do that, my friend? Um,
1: I was able to do it because in the schools that I was uh, hired into, they would have groups of kids that were so difficult and were so anti-school that they didn't have another choice, really. And so hiring somebody who said, listen, let's give these children a chance to learn about small business, making money, Uh, doing a business plan, and and let's let's give it a chance. Um, The uh, New York City school system, which I spent eight and a half years in at um, all different age groups, was welcomed me. And I had huge success with children that were dropping out, uh, breaking the rules, and they, they, they acted differently. Um, they started to learn math and and to read and to write. They became citizens of the community rather than hostile to the community. So I think that this idea of teaching low-income people how to own assets, how to use those assets to make money by satisfying other people in a voluntary market, I think it's the biggest breakthrough in education the last 50 years, and I'm really, really proud to be a small part of it, and I think that Nifty, or the organization I founded, the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, now run by Sean Osborne, who's a great friend and great CEO, um, has changed the paradigm of education on a global basis for low-income children. Uh, 30 years ago, if you were low-income in America or anywhere in the Middle East or in Europe, uh, certainly in China, you were viewed you were, as somebody who'd never, ever have a chance in business. You'd be a worker at best. And we said, wait a minute, maybe those kids should have an equal chance to become owners and start a business. And maybe they'll have a special ability in doing it. And 30 years later, I think that, 35 years later, um, sorry, i I I think we were proven right, and that a lot of people um, uh, use our program around the world. It's been written up in all kinds of journals, and it's just a new approach. And it's been very successful in China. All the prison guards are being trained in the Nifty methodology um, so that they can work with prisoners and get them ready to start a business when they get out of prison. I think that's really a beautiful thing.
0: It is a fantastic guest. Steve Mariotti joins us here in our broadcast, 25 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast, Border to Border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Red Nation Rising Radio today. Steve Mariotti is our guest. Now, with this book, what's been some of the different feedback you've gotten on the book so far?
1: Um, It's selling uh, incredibly well. Um, Interestingly, the sales have picked up. Um, uh, in the last year, and I think, I mean, like, double or tripled or something. I think it's because the word entrepreneur, because of um, President Trump's campaign, came up more, and people heard it more. And then would start thinking about it, and you go to the store, and they, at, you know, I've written 38 books. This is my first one for adults. But they would look for the word entrepreneur and, and see my book, and and buy it. So it's been a real blessing for the field of entrepreneurship and, and for my own belief system that people should read about entrepreneurship, think about it, encourage it and either uh, be part of a small business or encourage the development of small businesses, particularly in low income communities where many times there's none or they're owned by people that don't live there.
0: It is a fantastic guest. He joins us live here in our big broadcast. Steve Mariotti joins us here on our big program to discuss some of the different issues of the day, including his latest book. Now, uh, what do you want readers to take away from your writing? Well, you
1: know, I think the number one thing is that entrepreneurship and ownership, and I use them kind of synonymously because... To actually make money, you've got to be good at entrepreneurship, which is uh, you know persistence, determination, seeing opportunities, thinking out of the box, innovation, all the basic things like that. But if you don't own your output, um, you, you basically are working to make somebody else a lot of money. And so I I try to emphasize to everyone I. I work with, you want to be innovative, you want to have grit, you want to be tenacious, you want to solve other people's problems, and also you want to own the profit or part of the profit of the uh, enterprise or business that you're part of. And that's one concept that I really emphasize. But far more important is the idea that all these concepts, all these principles which, for hundreds of years, were never exposed anywhere in the world to low-income people were just really the um, uh, the secrets of the um, of the wealthy and passed down from family to family or uh, from you know very successful business schools, uh, Harvard or Stanford, and they're great schools and I love them. But I, I, my career, my writing has been to say that these principles of how to create wealth can be taught to young people that are poor, that are in our worst neighborhoods, that are in our prisons, that that are in our foster care system, that are in welfare system, and that they can get good at it just like everybody else, and that they can create huge value to our society and to other societies as well. And rather than focusing on locking up, we now have the highest rate of incarceration in the world, five times higher than Iran or China. And rather than focusing on thinking about low-income people in the sense of they're gonna break a law, how do we put them away, And, and creating a whole empire around that, we should be thinking how, what do they know that unique knowledge, how can they improve their neighborhoods? How do we make it easy for them to start a business? Uh, whether it's a lawnmower business, whether it's a repair business of a house or a car or beautification or direct selling business, how do we encourage that so they can create wealth and rebuild their neighborhoods as well? And if we can do that around the world, I think we can eliminate poverty, the core of poverty, in a generation, and poverty is like war. It damages everything it touches. It's correlated to every disease. It's correlated to every conflict. It's just terrible. And we wanna drive poverty out of this world over the next 30 years once and for all. And I think that'll lead to a renaissance in the creation of wealth and art and democracy and freedom. And uh, uh, I think I, I think this could be an incredible century, and I'm really excited to be alive in a small part of it.
0: We've got a great guest with us today. Steve Mariotti is our guest. Steve, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, what's your official website, and where can people pick the book up at?
1: Um, uh, they can buy it at any. Uh, through Amazon is the best place to buy it, actually, or order it through Barnes and Nobles. Um, my own website is www.stevemariottipartners.org.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.